We've got some moving and shaking in the Big 12 football power rankings this week. What's up? How are you? I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We cover the Big 12 conference, and can you believe it? We are getting set for week nine of the college football season. It's so cliche, but it really does just go by like that. And with that being said, the Big 12 is beyond unpredictable. I don't know what direction anything's going in this league, but I just know this. The Big 12 is the most fun conference in the country, and it is not even close. So let's count down the power rankings from worst to first. Just a quick reminder on how we do this. It's not about who I think would win on a neutral field. It's not about who I think is the better team. It is simply about what you have done. And by the way, how you looked most recently last time out. I think that matters. So let's start off at the bottom of the Big 12 power rankings. At number 14, we've got the Cincinnati Bearcats coming in at the bottom of the Big 12 power rankings. That loss to Baylor as a home favorite made no sense to me when it comes to them being a home favorite. Second straight week, Cincinnati was a home favorite and lost outright. By the way, if you followed my picks, you made some coin. I'm just saying... 2-1 2-1 last week. We are 13-7-1 on the season. And the last two weeks, I hammered Iowa State as a road dog at Cincinnati. I hammered Baylor as a road dog against Cincinnati. And both those cashed, baby. So Cincinnati's at 14, looking like the worst team in the Big 12. There are reasons for optimism. They rushed for 200-plus. The defensive line did a good job. But uh, frankly, they don't have the quarterback play right now to be Big 12 ready. So, number 13 in the Big 12 football power rankings, Baylor. Baylor and Cincinnati, the two teams right now I would say are the worst two in the Big 12. Baylor got the win. Special teams got it done. Now, this is weird because Baylor moves down from 12 to 13 despite beating Cincinnati. I'll explain why and how that happened coming up. But Baylor did move down a notch despite beating Cincinnati. And some of you are going to be upset about this, but let me explain it. Baylor's at 13 because Texas Tech is at 12. Now, Tech was at 10 last week. They are officially the biggest disappointment in the Big 12. That's right. The Texas Tech Red Raiders are the biggest disappointment thus far in the Big 12 based on what my expectations were for them going into the season. I thought they could compete at the top of the league. Instead, they are done before Halloween, and they will be lucky to get the bowl eligibility this year. Yeesh. Not a good scene at Texas Tech. So I've got them at number 12 in the power rankings this week. At number 11, and this might surprise you, this is where it gets a little hairy, UCF jumping from number 13 to number 11. Listen, when you take the number six team in the country in Oklahoma down to the wire, when you are a two-point conversion away from tying the game on the road. And if you had drawn something up that wasn't out of a high school class B playbook, you might have had a chance. Instead, Gus Malzahn takes the ball out of his best player's hands and decides he's going to do some nonsense trickery in Norman. It's like, oh my, I'm watching the thing unfold. It took forever to unfold. It never had a chance. And it was just beyond hideous for that to be your two-point conversion attempt. But UCF had the lead in the fourth quarter, on the road against the number six team in the country and almost pulled it off. I move them up in the power rankings. 
the eye test, you play like that. It's not just about wins and losses. We don't do this based on conference standings. How did you look based on who you played? That matters. And that's why UCF jumps up to number 11 this week. At number 10, the TCU Horn Frogs. They are down from number 8. TCU, man, geez, they win by 30, uh, then they get blasted by 38 at Kansas State in one of the most hideous games you'll see, frankly, the worst game Sonny Dykes has coached at TCU. Now, last year was a magic carpet ride, but this year has been anything but. So uh, I've got TCU at number 10 in the power rankings this week, falling from number 8 after their loss at Kansas State. At number 9, West Virginia falling from number seven. The free fall continues for the Mountaineers. They lose to Oklahoma State. The defense looks like a shell of what we thought it was, giving up 89 points the last two games. Ollie, Garden, Ollie Gordon looked like Barry Sanders on Saturday, and, and he's really good, but still, I'm not sure he's Barry Sanders good. I mean, that's just crazy. So they are plummeting, and they are plummeting fast. Up at number eight, moving up three slots, despite a loss, the Houston Cougars. That's right. So Houston beat West Virginia two weeks ago. Fair to put them there. And then they take the number eight team down to the wire. And if not for an absolute gift from the officiating crew, what a joke of a call that was. A gift from the officiating crew. Houston driving down the field, getting ready to tie the game, third and inches. They clearly get a first down. It's called short of the line of scrimmage. Then they got to go for it on fourth and one, and they have a bad play. But it was a first down, and it got taken back behind the first down marker in a horrendous mistake for Big 12 officials. I mean, that was as bad as it gets. But once again, you're down 21 zip. You take the number eight team in the country, down to the final drive of the game, you deserve some props. So I've got Houston at number eight in the power rankings this week. At number seven, BYU up from number nine, solid home win over Texas Tech. And something tells me this is going to be the MO for BYU. BYU is going to play much better at home than it plays on the road. That's how I see this playing out for the Cougars this year and possibly in the next year. It's a great home field advantage. It's an awesome home atmosphere and home scene, but something tells me they'll look like a different team at home versus on the road. And they were home. They beat Texas Tech in a good game, and uh, I've got them up to number seven this week. Meantime, at number six, the Kansas Jayhawks. KU had a bye, so there's not a lot of... uh, Analysis, obviously, for a team coming off a bye, but there is some news on Kansas that we'll be getting to here throughout the show. At number five, Kansas State. They demolished TCU. Now, once again, these power rankings are done based on what you've done and what you've done most recently. It was a very impressive win. I think that Kansas State's the second or third best team in this conference right now, but I can't put them higher than five, and I'll explain why. At number four, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State just beat Kansas State a couple of weeks back. And Oklahoma State also got a very good win. They've now won three straight. 
They are number four in the power rankings. They beat West Virginia in Morgantown. That's a tough spot to play. I have no idea what's going on in Stillwater, but it is wildly entertaining. And keep feeding Ollie. I mean, just feed Ollie Gordon, baby, all day, every day. That's it, Mike Gundy. Don't overthink it. Don't do what you did early in the season. Three quarterbacks breaking it down by drives. Just feed Ollie Gordon. That's it. And hope Alan Bowman doesn't screw it up for you. There's the name of the game. I'm not saying you could pay me to do Mike Gundy's job, but you might be able to twist my arm because this year it seems pretty obvious that's how this team is going to win games. Feed them, feed them, feed them. At number three, I have Iowa State. Here's the thing. Iowa State beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has beaten Kansas State. I got to leave Iowa State at three. And by the way, all three of those teams are three and one in conference play. So based on that methodology, I'm leaving Iowa State at number three in the power rankings for now. As I noted, their schedule is going to be toughening up here. Um, But... You know what? They should win this weekend. They're going to Waco to take on Baylor. After that, though, November's a gauntlet for Iowa State. Kansas at BYU. Texas at K-State. That may be the toughest November slate of anybody in the Big 12 in November. That is brutal for Iowa State. So do I think Iowa State's going to hang on to that third spot? I don't, but for now, I got to leave them there. At number two, the Texas Longhorns. They nearly lost to Houston. They hung on. They got the win. Um, Their only loss, of course, is to the team in front of them. But the big question now, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback. He's got a sprained AC joint. He's going to miss some time. Here's what matters. Will he be ready for Kansas State in two weeks? That's all that matters. That's how Texas needs to be looking at this. They play BYU this weekend. With all due respect to BYU, um, as I noted, They are a completely different team at home versus on the road, and Texas has BYU at home. They should be able to win that game no matter who's at quarterback. Oklahoma, though, you know, playing a team like that, different level. Team like Kansas State, that's totally different. And they've got Kansas State in two weeks. That is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And by the way, yes, it is home for those wondering. That's a good thing for them. So they got a couple of home games in a row here do the Longhorns, but, uh, man, they're, they're, they're vulnerable. And that was one of my big takeaways, by the way, from week eight in big 12, maybe the gap between OU Texas and the rest of the league is not as wide as we thought it was based on what Texas did against Houston and what Oklahoma, our number one team in the power rankings did or did not do against UCF. I'm not convinced that's the case. But if you're looking for that storyline, you could certainly find it after this weekend because UCF and Houston are two of the worst teams in the league, and they took OU and Texas down to the wire. So what could K-State, Oklahoma State, KU, Iowa State, what could they do? We know Iowa State's already gotten blown out by OU by 30 points, but I'm just saying it's, it's worth watching. And those teams are getting better every single week. They're going to be peaking as the season progresses. So OU does land that number one spot, obviously down to the wire against UCF, but I see no reason to take them off of one 
this week in the Big 12 football power rankings. There you have it. I'm Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us as a part of the show. By the way, if you're on YouTube, do me a solid right now. Would you hit that thumbs up button? That helps us tremendously. Leave some comments as well. I'll respond to those in due time. And uh, subscribe to the channel. That way you get every video when it drops here talking Big 12 football. And on the podcast, well, you know what to do, right? Hold on. Let me let me grab one. You know what to do. I've got a few of these koozies left. And um, all you have to do is leave a rating and a review on iTunes and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you all hooked up. Just hit that five-star. It takes you, what, literally six seconds. Do it while you're listening, like right now. Come on. You can do it right now while you're listening on the podcast. Come on. I know you can. Uh, anyway. Um, let's get to some of your comments here. Samuel asks why Cincinnati keeps getting favored in their games. Dude, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what Vegas is thinking. I, I don't get it, um, but I agree with you, man. I have hammered Cincinnati's opponents each of the last two weeks when they've been home favorites, and I have not understood it for the life of me. I just haven't. Joe writes, Tech got their butts handed to them, and Baylor won on the road. Typical Mundo logic. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, this is what we have to realize about, uh, about that, my man. All right? If we're going to be fair here, these two teams have played each other. And last I checked, Texas Tech won the game by 25 points. So that's why I've got Texas Tech ahead of Baylor. I know Baylor won last week, but they beat the worst team in the Big 12 right now. And yes, Tech got smoked. Tech got, you know, manhandled by BYU. Five turnovers, nine penalties. It was a mess. But come on, man, these two teams have played. So, I, you know, I got to give Texas Tech the edge on that one. I, I don't think, you know, of all my power rankings, I don't think that was the controversial move there. Uh, Dave puts on Facebook, Pete, how big is Bedlam shaping up to be in two weeks? Well, this is much more interesting than it was two weeks prior. If you look at Oklahoma State's football schedule, it is unbelievable. Oklahoma State, like, can finish this year nine and three. Don't laugh. Do not laugh at that. Oklahoma State is 5-2. and two. They have games left against Cincinnati, Oklahoma, UCF, Houston, BYU. They play the four new Big 12 schools who have all struggled mightily. They're a combined, what, I think 3-13 and 13 in the Big 12 thus far. And Bedlam. If they beat the four teams they'll be favored against and lose to OU, they will be 9-3. and three. If I would have told you after the loss to Iowa State that this team would finish 9-3, and three, you would have thought I was smoking some of the finest whatever you want to smoke in the world. Here we are. People were ready to run Mike Gundy out of town a couple of weeks ago. And there is a very real possibility that Oklahoma State finishes at 9-3. and three. How crazy is that? And if they beat OU, forget it. It is going to be Bedlam to a T. Here's my question for Oklahoma State fans. If I told you you go 4-1 and one the rest of the way, you finish 9-3, and three, you get to a good bowl game, 
Would you want that? Or would you rather go one in four the rest of the way, lose to every new Big 12 school, but beat OU? And then you end up going uh, six and six. You get to a bowl game, but not much else to show for the season. What would you want? What would you sign up for right now if you're an Oklahoma State fan? Six and six, one and four the rest of the way with a Big 12 win over OU, final time you're meeting for who knows how many years, or four and one, nine and three overall, and a loss to OU. I put this up on Twitter, now X, as a poll. I think it was yesterday. And I was surprised it was about 50-50. I would not have projected that. I would have definitely thought that it would have been all about beat OU. And that's what some of you are saying now on Facebook and YouTube. It looks like on this show, the preference is, I'd rather lose every game and beat OU. But on the poll I put up on X on Twitter, it was like 50-50, and that surprised me quite a bit. So this is going to be an incredible next couple of weeks in the Big 12. And if you want just a little bit of um, insight into how unpredictable this league is, so they put out the television schedule for next week, not this weekend. They put out the TV schedule for week 10. So that's the first weekend in November. And there's seven games on the schedule in the Big 12 next week. Not this week, next week. And only two of them have been given kickoff times. Thursday, November 2nd, TCU at Texas Tech, that's 6 p.m. And then Saturday, November 4th, UCF at Cincinnati, that's 2.30 p.m. All the other games in the Big 12, we have to wait until Sunday. Basically wait to see what happens this weekend. Houston at Baylor, Kansas at Iowa State, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State Bedlam, Kansas State at Texas, BYU at West Virginia. We have potentially two outstanding games Bedlam and then K-State, Texas, along with a very underrated game, potentially, Kansas at Iowa State. And then BYU at West Virginia is interesting for, you know, different reasons. So, man, oh, man, there is so much to follow and like in this league the next couple of weeks. I, I just can't wait to see this conference play out as we get really into the thick of conference play into the final month of the regular season starting next week. And by the way, next week is the first college football playoff rankings. How about that? That's right around the corner, believe it or not. Uh, It is just crazy times in the Big 12. Meantime, um, when you look at where things are at right now, some of the top stories, Quinn Ewers watching that AC joint, as I noted, I think this guy can miss a game against BYU that can win. Quinn Ewers not playing against Kansas State is a major problem for the Longhorns. And I'll just say this much. It's not to knock you Texas fans or anything like that. But you and I and everyone in the world knows that the Big 12 does not want a Red River Big 12 championship game. They don't want it. And the best bet to prevent that from happening is Kansas State winning next week. Of course, BYU. I know BYU fans, you guys are going to be there in Austin this weekend. Have a good time. Be careful and be safe on 6th Street. But uh, the, the best bet is going to be next week, especially if, um, what's his name, uh, Quinn Ewers is not playing in that game. So we'll be watching, we'll be following closely going into next week, heck, going into this week to see exactly what his situation is. Meantime, speaking of injuries, Jalen Daniels, doubtful to play versus Oklahoma. That is a huge loss. I don't know 
if they can really compete without Jalen Daniels at quarterback. Now, Jason Bean, here's the thing. Jason Bean was not the problem in large part the last couple of weeks. That is something that should be noted as we look at where this thing's timeout. He was doing just fine. So I just want to see how that defense can try to slow down OU. And I will get, of course, my picks, my bad bet, my lock of the week, my underdog of the week. We'll do that uh, later in the week. But for Kansas, they are hosting OU. And the last time these two teams played, you remember what happened in Lawrence, right? Two years ago? That was, in many ways, the start of the turnaround for Lance Leipold and the Jayhawks. They were in the game late. OU was able to seal the victory. That was Lincoln Riley's last year. But Kansas was there. They were in the mix. They were part of the conversation. They were in that game. If you recall, at the end of that game, they opened up the gates to anybody in Lawrence who wanted to come down to Memorial Stadium. Literally anybody could come into the stadium. Didn't have to have a ticket, nothing. They were trying to get people to that stadium in the second half. And of course, KU came up short in the game, but that to me, when I look at when Lance Leipold turned around that program, it was that loss to OU. That was it. That moment, that night, I remember where I was, where I was sitting watching that game. I was sitting actually right above where I'm sitting right now. Like literally one floor up. And um, I was like, this is it. This guy is going to turn this thing around. This was not a fluke. And now, two years later, Kansas is a completely different program. A little swagger, a lot of confidence. Uh, They've got horses. Can they compete with OU for four quarters? I don't know. I'm not there yet. But this game has a lot of intrigue, especially after OU came out flat last week. But I got to imagine that OU playing the way they did against UCF and still winning the game is a best-case scenario for Brent Venables. These guys were flying high for two weeks after beating Texas. They came back down to earth. Venables is going to kick them in the rear end all week, and um, something tells me we'll see a different OU team on Saturday. So let me get to some of your questions. Uh, Brody asks, do you think Iowa State can win out the rest of the way? No. Iowa State has a very tough schedule, as I noted earlier in the show. Baylor this weekend, winnable, but then it's Kansas, BYU on the road, very tough, Texas at home, and then Farmageddon against Kansas State in Manhattan, final weekend of the season. I, I don't see Iowa State winning out, Brody. That, that, would, that would be very impressive. They're getting better every week, but no way they're going 5-0 and the rest of the way. Uh, D. Wayne says, Tech would take Jason Bean. I think Tech would take a lot of things right now. A lot of things. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, Dave, you're going to hang a bigger Oklahoma State wall, a bigger Oklahoma State sign on your wall. Can't please everyone, man. I got four more I got to fit in next year. Now, of course, two are coming down, four more are going up. Maybe I'll reconfigure some things. I'm trying to appease everybody as best I can. Brandon, what are the chances Gundy gets rid of Casey Dunn at the end of the season? I don't know what photos Casey Dunn has of Mike Gundy, but they must be pretty good because I would have moved on from Casey Dunn if I was Gundy a while back. He is not. There's clearly a lot of loyalty there. I can respect loyalty, but there is loyalty to a fault. And um, many of us wonder if that's what's going on between Gundy and Dunn. But if they go 9-3, and three, if they win four of the next five games, which they can do, you're not going to fire the OC after going 9-3. and three. 
especially somebody you have been incredibly loyal to. So it's going to depend on how the rest of the season goes, but I would be very surprised at this point if Casey Dunn has shown the door. Um, so that's, that's something I do not see happening at this point in time. Steve asks if Ollie Gordon is the best running back in the league. Not only is he the best running back in the league, Steve, he is the best player in the Big 12 the last month in my book. That's how good he's been. I mean, every single game the last three weeks, he is just dominating opponents. Right? I mean, what he did against West Virginia was beyond impressive. Against Kansas, 100-plus rushing, 100-plus receiving. This guy is playing the best football in the Big 12. So you just got to ride him the rest of the way and then use Alan Bowman as you see fit. That's it, guys. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Before you leave, subscribe on YouTube. Share on Facebook. Hit that thumbs up on YouTube and Facebook as well. And then on top of that, if you're on the podcast, leave a five-star if you could right before you leave, like right now. And leave us a rating and a review. I'll get you a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Uh, when you do that, just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great rest of your night and rest of your day, depending on when you're listening, when you're watching. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.